Rory O'Neill talking about Florida Governor DeSantis. You and I have talked a lot about him before. If I had said to you last summer, Governor DeSantis would drop out of New Hampshire before the day that, you know, two days before the primary, I think you would have said I was crazy. Right. I mean, there are going to be books written about this, how uh, the DeSantis campaign just never managed to catch on. Even a second place finish in Iowa wasn't enough to keep the campaign afloat to the first in the nation primary there in New Hampshire. But the numbers just weren't working. He was only polling around five, six, maybe seven percent in New Hampshire. Similar numbers coming out of South Carolina. There really was no path forward and the money dried up. And the question is, was a deal cut if Trump wins? DeSantis in the administration, or does he stay as Florida governor? And does he run again? Because it's going to take a little time. will heal some of the wounds. But, you know, you go on that stage once and you get to find it's tough to do. You know, we'll see. It can be. I'd also look for Casey DeSantis to be a factor in some of this as well. Interesting. All right. Well, that's a good prediction, Rory. Thank you, Rory. (laughs) Do what I can. All right. Coming up in a little bit, Carrie Lake, U.S. Senate candidate, but a big Trump supporter. Talking tomorrow morning, we will have Donald Trump live in the first hour with yours truly. Good morning, New Hampshire, the pulse of an H and our network of news talk stations here. And, of course, we'll also have Nikki Haley. She won a two-person race. She got it. Now, you've heard from, on Friday, Ryan Binkley. He's running from Texas, and he's, he's, you know, he's considered a long shot. He's got a great business story, great story about uh, starting a church in his home of, da- of Texas, Dallas, Texas. And some would say he has no chance can't believe Ron DeSantis is out and some of the big names. of Peter uh, Jeddick is a candidate. I heard his spot earlier, Republican presidential candidate running for president. He's also an author and in a story, and he may have been on my show before. I think he might have been. Peter, good morning, New Hampshire, the eve of the primary. Thanks for joining us on the Pulse of an H. Hey, Jack. Thanks for having me. Thank you and J-Dog. I appreciate it. Well, no, I thank you for running because it's not an easy thing. But, you know, Peter, a lot of people are like, well, who's this? But you know what? I heard your spot coming in this morning, and I have to tell you, I don't, I don't disagree with at least half of what you say in terms of term limits, spending, and the, 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 the multi-trillion dollar question, speaking of $34 trillion in debt, Peter, how do you get that done? And real quickly, I want you to run with this, but we had a class from Elon University in our studios last week, young dynamic college students, let's just say average 20, 20 years old, covering the primary process. Um, you know, South Carolina, New Hampshire in the primary, political science, journalism majors. You know what they said to me when I asked them about Washington and the Biden-Trump likely matchup? They said, it just seems to be all bought and paid for. We don't seem to have any say. They no one cares what we think. It's just bought and paid for. I think they speak for a lot of people out there. Peter, tell us who you are again, why you're running, and what your thoughts are. Well, that's uh, me too. That's, that's my difference. You know, I was a fireman, <clears throat> besides a writer. I'm also a historian. And, uh, you know, I got a whole different background. I was a taxi cab driver. I taught in the schools. I did a bunch of different stuff. I, I think I have the pulse of the nation to steal and <laughs> steal your line there, Jack. You know, and uh, I'm, why I'm running is because 10 years ago, I wrote a book called Why uh, America is Bankrupt, Who Did It, and How to Fix It. Because I'm worried about this big debt, too. And, the, and these kids are, and these kids graduate with these huge debts, you know, because of this uh, crazy student loan program. That's one of my part of my platform. But just to tell you why I'm running, is I wrote this book 10 years ago, Why America's Bankrupt. I went to a prayer conference when the 2016 uh, election was just starting off in Washington, D.C. I met all the candidates like Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. I actually gave them a copy of my book, and I said, we got to stop this debt. And I got all kinds of innovative ideas in there. 
Well, obviously they didn't read my book because the Washington establishment is went back to Washington and uh, they're just going deeper and deeper in debt. And then they got um, Joe Biden and he, Democrats. They love to spend other people's money, and so we're up to our butt in debt. That's going to come. That's a debt bomb that's going to blow up on our face. I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that's the biggest thing we should worry about. But and just, if you have time for my platform, go to uh, peterjeddickforpresident.com. Peter, but here, ahead, in, here in New Hampshire and states, at least New Hampshire. We have to do two-year budgeting. It has to balance. We have to live within our means. Our lawmakers here are mostly citizen volunteer legislators. They might make a few hundred bucks a year. Some states like Massachusetts, they're professional legislators. You can be a state senator and also a real estate agent or a stockbroker in Massachusetts and be a Senate leader in the state Senate, make 90 or 100 grand a year. Washington, some of these members of Congress, Peter, they go down there. They say they want to change Washington. They're in there. 20 years or 10 terms in the House, and they become multi-multi-millionaires. How does that happen? Oh, you're hitting the you're nail on the head. That's one of my main points of my platform. You need term limits. You know, the president, they did that for the president after FDR. And they, the congressmen and the senators, that's why you got guys like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, they've been there 50 years, and they don't make that much on a government salary, maybe a little right. over 100 grand a year. They're multi-millionaires. They're so corrupt. They take our money and they just spend it and spend it, and then uh, they just make multi. That's that's a key part of my platform. Uh, Jack, you're hitting the nail on the head there. You know, and, and, and talking go. about real quick the balanced budget. We also in Ohio. We I'm from Ohio. We have a balanced budget amendment. They have two years. They give them so much money to spend in two years. That's it. You can't go borrowing billions and trillions, yep. trillions of yep. dollars. Trillions yep. is a lot of money. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that you know every year members of Congress incumbents run. And they'll say to their home districts in Ohio, we need to take the big money out of politics. We need to take the dark money out of politics. In a U.S. Senate race, $50, million, $700 million is spent and raised. It's all out-of-state, dark money, big, big corporate money, if you will. And it's such a hypocrisy in Washington, it kind of runs Washington. Oh, exactly right. That's, that's in the lobbyists and all that. That's, that's another thing. You want to know why I'm different. I'm not taking any donations for my money, yeah. for my campaign, you know, uh, uh, I'm, it's, it's down to me and Haley and Trump, and they and they got billions of dollars to spend on advertising. Mine's a grassroots mo- a movement, but I'm I'm moving up there. I'm, I think I'm going to surprise a lot of people tomorrow. You know. All right. And I, so uh, I love you your know. story. I love the story. I love the background, and I, that we need more of that certainly. But good luck. Hypothetically, even if Peter, you were running for the U.S. Senate or Congress in Ohio, you know you got a long shot against an incumbent who's backed by all these special interests. Oh, yeah, they got the money, and that's like I said. I'm just doing a grassroots movement, yep. word of mouth, being on shows like yours. And I tell you, if people want to look at my platform, PeterJeticForPresident.com, and it's all detailed out in there. And term limits are big, a big part of that. And I also want to move Washington, D.C. I think the only way to really save Washington, D.C., you got to move Washington, D.C. to somewhere like New Hampshire or Ohio, where people understand the value yep. of a dollar. Where they, they're not hooked up to that New York media. Uh, where it Interesting. Keeps, they're scared to, they're scared to talk about all the corruption in Biden because they're hooked into it. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's like those college students said. It feels to be bought and paid for. Thank you, Peter. Real pleasure getting you on the Pulse. Good morning, New Hampshire. Thank you. Oh, yeah, can I tell you, say thanks real quick to Angelo Ozzati and Gary Kurtz and your man, Jay Dog for getting me on. They didn't give up on me. And my campaign manager, Ken Young, he's a New Hampshire native, and he's been... He's been my campaign manager since I ran for class president in high school. All right. <laughs> it's like that movie with Michael Douglas, the American president. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, sir. I appreciate right. it. Good morning, New Hampshire. Powered by Sig Sauer. 
Now, back to Jack Heath on the Pulse of New Hampshire. All right, live guests tomorrow morning already. We're going to be broadcasting in Manchester from the West Wing. Get it? Road to the White House, St. Anselm College Institute of Politics. Donald Trump will be joining us live tomorrow out of the gate in the first hour. Also going to be hearing from Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's been saying, and Governor Sununu, who's endorsed Haley here, they want a two-person race. Well, they got it. Look at who Donald Trump has mowed down in the process. Chris Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy, and yesterday during the NFL playoff games in the afternoon, a big surprise, Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, out. Our next guest does not need much of an introduction. A lot of people know her, even here in New England. Uh, Carrie Lake joining us, and of course, Arizona, U.S. Senate candidate. Carrie Lake, thanks for being with us on the eve of our primary, the first real votes in the nation, 322,000 people expected to vote in the Republican primary tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Oh, it's good to be here, Jack. I, I've talked to so many folks here in New Hampshire who are really excited to get out and vote tomorrow and send a message to uh, the rest of the country that they want to turn this nightmare around that Joe Biden has created. They want secure borders. They want safe streets. They want peace. No more new wars. And uh, they want to be able to afford to get by, because right now it's uh, it's really hard out there. It's difficult for families. So I think it's going to be a very, very loud message from New Hampshire that they want President Trump back in the White House. You know, uh, Carrie Lake, if, if, if I had said to you, if we had had you on the show, say, during the summer months here, two days on the, you know, the eve of the eve of the presidential primary, Ron DeSantis would be dropping out. And, you know, it wasn't long ago after his re-election to Florida, he was like the number one draft choice other than Trump. Big name. Out. What would you have said? I mean, I'm, if I had said that last summer, you would probably have said, nah, Jack, that's, uh, that's, that's probably wishful thinking. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would have said that because I recognized right when he came on the scene and I started to see him as he was campaigning in Iowa that he just is not, um, he's not the, a man of the people. And you can see that it's very evident in places like Iowa and New Hampshire. You have to get out and talk to the people. And it, he was lacking that, that connection, that spark that connects people. And I think a lot was revealed about his abilities as a politician. And I think he disappointed a lot of people. But I am happy that he uh, stepped away, that he uh, stepped back and supported President Trump. I wish he would have done it sooner, but better late than never. And he, that was smart of him. The people of Florida deserve the governor that they just voted for, and I think a lot of them were upset that he immediately started to run for president against a president that the people of Florida really love, Donald Trump. So he made the right decision to get out. It's only a matter of time before Nikki does the same thing. And it's time that we rally around President Trump. $250 million was spent in Iowa on these vanity campaigns, Mm -hmm. these ego trips. We could have spent that money defeating Joe Biden and the destructive dead-end, frankly, deadly policies of the left. Unfortunately, it was thrown away, flushed down the toilet, and a bunch of ads that the people of Iowa probably got very sick of hearing, (laughs) and a bunch of consultant fees. And unfortunately, we don't have that money now to go after Joe Biden. But what we do have is a fighter in President Trump, incredible policies in President Trump, a man who's already done the job and done it well. And we we will defeat Joe Biden, but we want to get busy uh, you know, aiming our sights on that and focusing on that. And, and hopefully after New Hampshire, Nikki Haley will get the message that the people don't want what she's peddling. You know, you've had that media background, very strong run in, uh, run in the governor's side of Arizona, U.S. Senate, Senate candidate now. Maybe you can update us on the race. I'm not familiar with the dynamics of Arizona, although 
well, they, they know we have a border crisis here like Texas. Um, and I guess the next question is, you've been someone very close with uh, former President Donald Trump. Uh, he likes, respects you. And I'm looking at the, you know, Tim Scott endorsing him now, DeSantis. There's other names, uh, the Arkansas governor and others, but they're already talking VP picks. Um, are you... Uh, <laughs> Are you steadfast in your race for the Senate, or are you on that list? I am running for U.S. Senate in Arizona. We have a unique race. It looks like it, it may be a three-way race. We have a very radical Democrat in Ruben Gallego running, and this is a guy who's always voted against trying to secure our border. He's voted against the border wall. He's voted against any common-sense policies to stop people from pouring over. And we have uh, Kirsten Cinema, who because she can't win, has decided to become an independent, and since becoming an independent, has voted with Schumer and Biden every step of the way. So we've got two Democrats pretty much running against me, and I am going to bring America First policies to Arizona. We're going to secure the border. I see myself, frankly, on Inauguration Day in January 2025 on the Senate floor and helping to make sure that we are bringing forth America First policies to solve these problems. You know, Jack, the Democrats don't want to solve the They love the problems. They create them. They created this nightmare at the border when it was secure with President Trump. Now we have a border that's wide open, and now they want to spend tens of billions of dollars not on a border wall, not to stop people from coming over. They want to pour that money into the symptoms, and that's how they operate. Keep the problems alive and then keep pouring money into the symptoms and never solve problems. With President Trump, we got a problem solver. And he did it in, in short order. We need to get him back in there. I Carrie, can't wait to help. Carrie Lake, are you in New Hampshire? I'm in New Hampshire. I'm, I'm just sitting um, outside the Red Arrow Diner. We just oh. went in. Oh, really wonderful. <laughs> and I, I love this state. It's, it's a beautiful state. The people are incredible, hardworking. Yeah. And uh, they are a part of this movement. And we're, we're counting on New Hampshire folks to get out tomorrow and vote. I know you won't. Nobody's going to chicken out because it's cold. They oh, know no. what's on the line. It's this not, country is depending on them. Not quite Arizona weather tomorrow, but it's going to be almost 40s for a high, which is pretty mild compared to what we've had. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Rob Carson from the Rob Carson Shows uh, in the afternoon, right after us on the Pulse of an H. Rob joining us before his show at noon. It feels like double digits for Donald Trump. Donald Trump. The question is how big, and I put big, yeah. anything over 50%. Or 15 points, and can Nikki yeah. Haley crack 40? Rob, take it away. Well, you know, I uh, I understand the primary process, and uh, the primary process is, you know, obviously something we need, but I have said from the very beginning, and this is never meant to be a slight, it's never meant to be any sort of a cast aspersions on anybody in the race, but it's never been a fair fight because Trump's voters, and now we know well into uh, you know a year of uh, essentially uh, campaigning, that the federal government was involved in the 2020 election. The federal government has been involved in censoring all sorts of free speech. I said from the very beginning, those voters who, uh, who voted for Donald Trump were not going to leave Donald Trump. Even for Ron DeSantis, it was never a possibility. And, and people hate me for that. They're like, oh, you can't say that. You're just, you're. I'm like, no, guys, this is a different year. This is a – come on, Jack. You, you know that this is different than anything you've ever lived through as far as an election and a primary process and the following of, a, of another election. Nothing like we've ever seen before because the other candidates are running against a movement 
They're running against a movement created, by the way, by the federal government, by the mainstream media, by big social media, all attacking Donald Trump and his supporters. And so they made him into a movement. Then they arrested him in Georgia, sent him to the worst jail, uh, one of the worst jails in America to get his mugshot. And that's when, my friends, they made him uh, a folk hero. And, and I don't use this in a Jesus term, but a savior for the country, well, yeah. because they look at him as the only person who can save us from this this Marxist well, Maoist takeover, and everybody sees it. By everybody well, knows what's going there, on. There's a microcosm example. A buddy of mine pointed out over the weekend in Rhode Island. You probably don't know this, Rob. There was a politician named Buddy Cianci. He was a popular mayor. They loved him. He got convicted of something. Went to jail. Came back. Got reelected. More popular than ever. But you know, um, it's just interesting <laughs> to me that if you had said, and I, you know, this past summer. DeSantis would ju- would drop out on the eve of the eve of New Hampshire's primary. I would have wow. said that I, that's not going to happen. It happened yesterday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, it, it came as a surprise to me, and I mean, obviously, to the benefit of uh, Trump and his supporters. Uh, you've got Vivek Ramaswamy also on Donald Trump's side, and these are people who are America First candidates. That's the positive. They are both America First candidates. I said that Ron DeSantis originally should be happy to be uh, asked to be VP. He could go to Trump University for four years, graduate, and then do eight years in the White House. But he chose to run against Donald Trump. Foolhardy because I said from the very beginning, if you are going to run against Donald Trump in 2024, you are going to do a very good job of maybe getting your message out, but you're never going to be the candidate. Uh, and, and so I, I think it's, uh, it's very, very politically fortuitous for Donald Trump for this to happen yesterday. Uh, for those who support Nikki Haley, I understand the longing for someone who's more soft-spoken. And Donald Trump is so rude with his tweets and, oh, my God, and all that. And, and there are a lot of people who aren't paying attention to what's going on in the country. Perhaps they haven't been to a Walmart or a Dollar General in a few years. But, uh, but they long for the days of George Bush in the White House. They long for the days of, uh, of, the, of the Republican Party going to Washington, D.C., going along to get along. And that's what that's Rob, what you'd get with Nikki Haley. More of the same. Let me let me bring in Alicia Preston Zanthopoulos, one of our regular contributors. She'll be, be with yeah. us tomorrow on Election Day election night with Rob Carson. We just had Carrie Wake on. My quick question, and Alicia, you can jump in on this too, but Rob, and then with a segue here. The Democrats tried to take away our primary. Do you know, Rob, that the couple of the bosses in the DNC actually wrote a letter to New Hampshire Democrats telling them, don't, don't participate, we don't want you to vote in your primary, it will be detrimental to what we wow. want, detrimental to vote in a democracy. <laughs> but if Joe Biden ends up becoming the nominee, and I still have my doubts, I really do, I still have my doubts, and it goes the way it's going, and I'm, I mean, I know you're going to say yes, he can, but I want you to give an, an Alicia, can Trump beat Biden in a general election with a bunch of independents voting? Uh, you want to go first? You want me to go? Alicia? All right. Uh, no, he cannot. And if you look at... Yes. The elections in 2018, 2020, 2022, and even the off year ones in 2023, any swing state, Trump and Trump fans lose. That's just, we've learned it over and over and over again. And the same goes for New Hampshire. We prep Trump sycophants as, as nominees of the Republican Party, they lose in the general election. That's what will happen if Donald Trump is a nominee. Independents and, and, and middle aged women in the states we need to win as Republicans are not going to support Donald Trump. And history has taught us that repeatedly. Rob Carson. 
Oh, sure. If we have fair and free and fair elections, what you're saying there is completely true. But the federal government was involved in the 2016 election. The chief counsel for the uh, for the FBI was involved in that, Hillary Clinton. They, they made Hillary Clinton the candidate. In 2020, we all know the FBI, the DHS, the, the IRS were all involved in throwing the 2020 election. I can go on and on about that. You look at the midterm election, Donald Trump, 220 and 19 was his record there. Okay, so if you you want to, if you want to continue to think that 2016, 2020, and no, 2020, no, talk about 2024, Rob. Can can he win? Can he win a general election? Of course, he will absolutely destroy Joe Biden in a in a in an election. You're looking at between 15 and 30 percent of the black population moving to the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party, it's not necessarily about Joe Biden. It's about the Democrat Party that's running right now, and the Democrat Party wheels are falling off on the southern border, on the economy, and whatnot. So I I have no doubt that Donald Trump will. Uh, destroy Joe Biden in the in the election. Joe uh, Donald Trump got more women in Iowa than he did men. So as far as uh, women are concerned, uh, if you think it's all about abortion, abortion, you're paying for your abortion doesn't matter when you can't heat your home and you can't fill your car with gas. So, you know, you can say all you want. They've been saying that Donald Trump's going to lose this, going to lose this, going to lose this. He always wins. And they're saying, well, Donald Trump won and lost in 2020. No, he didn't. The FBI, the DHS, the IRS were all involved in throwing that election. Alicia. So I think it's absolutely. uh, uh, Yeah, go ahead. APX. Yes. Um, you know, we can we can keep doing the same thing we've been doing for the last several yeah. years, and Republicans can keep losing that we have been doing for the last several years, or we can realize that Donald Trump and Donald Trump-supported candidates lose, period, end of story. There is, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think anything <laughs> happened in 2020 that would have changed the outcome of it. I never have. Um, so I'm not going to buy into that argument. But the fact is, in look at New Hampshire. We lost our congressional races in 2018, in 2020, in 2022. We keep doing the same thing, and we keep losing. Now, he just said Donald Trump keeps winning. When? He won in 2016. He and those he supported in any state that matters in the general election for president, they lose. They lose and lose and lose, and it's going to happen again yeah, unless yeah. we nominate somebody other than Donald Trump. Right. Now, what other what other conspiracy theories uh, were, are supported there? Let's see. Do you believe in uh, in covid cl- uh, sh- uh, government shuts down school closings, wearing masks, keeping six foot distant? Do you believe in that? Do you believe in all the other things that ever considered uh, conspiracy theories that have uh, ultimately ended up being true? Donald Trump won 220 endorsed candidates to 19 in the midterms. The the 2020 election interference is no longer a conspiracy theory. You should get your nose out of the Wall Street Journal. You need to look at the, the you know disinformation industrial complex and realize what? that the federal me, government was involved in that election. So it was let, not. Let me, let me try this, though, Rob. Let me try this. Let me try this for fun yeah. because it's good, great. Right I got to let you go and let you stay. Um, Rob, you know what? And I said this to Donald Trump. He's on with you tomorrow. I personally think talking about the last two elections, the worst hits I took playing hockey were in my head were when I was looking backwards, not forward. I think if Trump wins the nomination, he better get a good VP choice and bring some people together because in general elections, independents, and I do agree with Alicia, on the abortion question, they're going to say Trump backs an abortion ban, tens of millions of dollars, and independents are probably not going to, it's going to be a tighter election. I don't think he, I think he can beat Joe Biden. I agree with you there, Rob. I don't think it's a shoo-in, though. 
Well, he only won 100% of Iowa County, so yeah, I suppose <laughs> there'd be some doubt there. Uh, when yeah, 10% sure, of the population sure. Everything, comes out you know, every time, time I hear conspiracy theory, it has been proven wrong. Uh, and, and I'm so tired of it, so tired of being called, you're a denier, when I've been right on every thing. All right. And when it comes to this, Donald Can Trump's already leading it most by 9-10%. Go, go ahead, ahead on Iowa before, Iowa yeah, go ahead. And, Bob, yeah, your condescension is appreciated. But let's talk about Iowa real quick. <laughs> Donald Trump is running on the power of incumbency. He is the former president of the United States of America. That is running on the power of incumbency. And yet in Iowa, approximately sure. 10% of the voting electorate bothered to go vote. And of that, mm. half of them want someone other than Donald Trump. That is with the power of incumbency. I don't know why Iowa's a victory lap or anybody. I wouldn't be bragging about it because I think the narrative is very different than what you're sharing. Well, I certainly wouldn't be bragging about a third-place finish in Iowa. You can blame it on turnout all you want, but the people who did turn out wanted to vote for Donald Trump. And if you don't believe the national polls, uh, you know, we've said this time and time again. Every time that a Republican leads in a national poll, it's somehow an anomaly. Uh, every time that uh, a Democrat leads in a poll, it's, it's perfectly fine. Donald Trump is winning by between 3 and 10 points in states across the country, and it's going to be massive because they're not just Trump followers. They're Democrats. They are black people. They're Hispanic people they are America first people so I, I, I respectfully disagree but if you're gonna go down the, the oh we need another George Bush light you're gonna get destroyed and, and Nikki Haley won't be the candidate all right Rob get ready for your show now you wound up yeah. all right well you know I'm always him that's all the right. way I, that's how I roll all right thank you Rob Carson <laughs> uh, Alicia Preston's Anthopolis that was fun for you right Okay, real you know, quick. As for national polls, I do not believe national polls. And the let's, reason I don't let's believe talk national about polls, tomorrow. Let's talk about tomorrow in your home state. Feels to me, compilation of everything, I was surprised DeSantis, not that he dropped out, that he dropped out yesterday, a couple, you know, a day and a half before the vote. But it feels to me Trump wins this thing at or about 50% of the Republican primary vote, maybe 51. Nikki Haley, maybe 38, 39. Feels like an 11, 12 point, not an 18, 19 point Trump victory. Tell me I'm wrong or right. I don't care. You, what do you think? You know, it, it's so hard to know because it's hard to know who's going to come out and vote. And really, the hand, the, the, it's in the hands of the independent voter. And do they go to the polls? And if they do, who do they choose? And, and a lot of them aren't going to choose Donald Trump. So it really is that independent voter turnout. And what concerns me about this whole Iowa narrative it's just that. The, the national media has made it like this was some big win. It's not a big win when half the party doesn't want you and you're, the, the, you know, you're basically the incumbent and only 10% of the people show up to vote at all. That's not the story. And it concerns me that it might keep people at home. They say, ah, it's a state of complete. But I don't think it is. And I'm with Chris Nunu. I don't think Nikki Haley has to win. It'd be great if she did. But I think she has to be that expectation. Well, if she, like I'm telling you right now, I, I think it's less than 5% chance. But if she ever pulled off even a one or two point upset it's a huge political story because look at this morning president trump former president trump now saying gonna get a big big we need a huge win big win not a win a big one chris sinanu changing his tune from a week ago nikki haley doesn't need to win just needs to do well for momentum i think anything less than 10 points is kind of a big story but if she ever came even tighter than that's a big story i'm not sure she can get that many like you'd almost have to get 65 70 percent of all the independents and undeclareds to, to do that. Right. And I'm not sure she can, but I, I, I'm with you. If she gets within single digits of Donald Trump, that is a massive win for her because it not only will, you know, make the headlines and skyrocket her out of New Hampshire to the next states, it brings right. in donor money. 
it says, oh, there is an option here. And so I'd like to see that number in the single digits between her. Oh, I'd love to see her win, but I think that's a long shot. Um, but if that margin can be under 10 points, I think that would be a massive victory All for right. the Haley campaign. We'll catch you tomorrow. Wish you President Anthopoulos, Seacoast Online. Thank you. Talk to you then. Tom Raphael, President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, Delta Dental Radio, author of Stories from the Starting Line, with some good news Monday. Of course, Jack, and I will keep it jam-packed. So on Saturday, we had a snowshoe race at Gould Hill Farm in Hopkinton. It was one of the best snowshoe races I've ever done. Uh, the trail was groomed. Money raised goes to the Hopkinton cross-country team. Um, and Tim and Amy from Gould Hill did a great job. They provided the goodies for the winners of the race. And, again, it's a fundraiser. It's part of a series we call the Snow or No Ghost Series because, basically, with the winters kind of being off and on in terms of snow, we have the race regardless of whether there's enough snow or not. And if there's not enough snow, instead of using snowshoes, you use your spikes. So that was Saturday, Jack. And it was cold, but I did it. (laughs) And then on Sunday, it was the Boston Prep 16-miler. Delta Dental sponsors that, and many people that do the Boston Marathon do that race in Derry, and there was also a, a, a five-mile version of it. And it was also quite cold, but it was a, there was a great turnout. Um, and then this coming weekend, we have another race um, in Hopkinton, Sunday the 28th, the Hopkinton Winter Series. So I guess, Jack, what I'm saying is I know that people are really – you know, tied up in the primaries and things like that. But there's a lot of nice, wonderful um, outdoor activity that's oh, yeah. there there for everybody. And the Stories from the Starting Line book is going well. We've added a new chapter. That's how well it's going. And many of the people that are in the book are actually at these races, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday. So looking forward to our, our chat on Friday and keep up the great work. And I really appreciate what you what you did, you know, last Wednesday for uh, for mental health. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pop, we're gonna get together and talk about some other stuff and extended uh, expanded coverage on that front. So thank you. Exactly, and and uh, and I um, just got off the phone actually with a vet, with a veteran. And so my veteran friends, if you're in oral health pain, two two three thirteen hundred, call me. When the primaries are over, when Jack and I have a quiet moment, I'm gonna come in studio and go into all the different areas where you can get served, whether it's. Uh, at the VA, whether it's through Medicaid or whether it's through Delta Dental's uh, program. I'd love to hear from some of your, uh, bring bring a couple of your veteran dentists uh, who helped this network, like Mitch Correa and others. Absolutely. He's he's fantastic. So so thanks for calling that to my attention, and you have a great week. Hey, hold on. Before I let you go, J-Dog and I haven't had a chance at all to talk football coming out of the weekend. Um, What surprised me, I'm going to let you finish it. Ravens look stronger than I thought they would. Um, you know, Lions, they're just, it seems like it might be a little bit destiny. I may be wrong, but they're playing a little bit out of their minds, but a good game there. Chiefs-Bills, it was so close, it's tough to say it was a surprise. I guess you can't rule. They're both good teams. Um, but, you know, I'm getting the feeling that it, you, I may be wrong. You could be looking at a Ravens-Niners Super Bowl. I wouldn't mind that, but I, I picked all four games this weekend. I thought Kansas City would uh, rise to the occasion, and, and Buffalo's defense just really really just couldn't hold back Mahomes. And then, of course, they had another wide right scenario like they did against the Parcells Giants you know, many years ago. So I also wouldn't be surprised, Jack, though, to see a Kansas City-San Francisco rematch from a, from a few years ago. But I'm rooting... I'm rooting for the Ravens because I don't I don't want Mahomes and Andy Reid to sort of approximate what Belichick and Brady did. I'll be honest. Yeah, J Dog, final thoughts. 
I don't want like again. I don't like Super Bowl rematches. I can't stand them. So <laughs> that means you know. So if, if we can get a Lions Ravens or Lions uh, Chiefs, it'd be great. And but be great with the Lions Chiefs. That would be a rematch of this year's uh, Week One, which was a surprise when the Lions went into Kansas City and beat them. And right. that was kind of the harbinger of what, what was to come for the uh, the Chiefs because their receivers were dropping footballs. The offense couldn't get in sync for a long time. So, I'd love to see Lions-Ravens. And if Har- if the Harbaugh brother wins and then they have a, a brother that won the National Football Championship for a collegiate and then an, an NFL winner too. So that, that would year? be fine with me. Yep, right? Because uh, J- John uh, Harbaugh was... Baltimore Ravens and Jim Harbaugh was U Michigan, so that'd be great. What can you imagine their father being proud of his two boys? Oh right? yeah, I mean, come on, yeah, you have to be right. Unbelievable year for both of them. Absolutely. All right. Thank, we'll talk um, to you Friday. Right. Thanks. Thank Bye. You.